Welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast, uplifting support for your grief and healing journey. We're here to encourage your hope in the future and strengthen your confidence so that you can build a life of purpose and joy. I'm your host, Julie Clough, Certified Grief Coach. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 112, Reflective Journaling. This is the episode that I promised you last week. And if you're a regular here, you may notice that this is coming out a little late. We had a little family emergency earlier this week. All is well, but um, maybe you didn't even notice, and that's totally cool too. I wanted to share with you some thoughts. I w- we were doing some updates on the, the website, and as I was looking at some wording, I realized I've really stopped calling people grievers. And if you catch me, send me a note and say, Hey, you, you said grievers. And, and the reason is, is because it labels people. It has them take on the, the qualities of grief as if it's who they are. And grief is not who you are. It's what you're experiencing, but it's not who you are. So the phrase, So I'm using the phrase, those who are grieving, because that's a better representation. You are not a griever. A griever labels you as someone who is, you know, it's like calling you Superman. (laughs) You know, it's, it's an identity thing. When we say I'm a griever, we are, we are labeling ourselves with an identity. And I don't think that we want to label ourselves with that identity. Now, it may seem a small thing to go from saying griever to someone who is experiencing grief or those who are grieving, but it's not really a small thing, is it? Our identity is super important. Protect your identity. Pay attention to the words you use when you say, I am. So I'd invite you to do the same thing, to not refer to yourself as a griever or even like a bereaved parent or um, any of those things where it's like this label, like this is who we are. We are going through an experience, but we we should avoid labeling ourselves as that person. So that really keeps us in that identity longer than is necessary. Also, I wanted to tell you about an experience I had last night. So I was, I was out running some errands, um, and my tire felt funny. Like all of a sudden my car, at first I thought it was the road. You know how sometimes you're on a road and it just sounds funny. And then you get off that road and you get on another road and you realize, oh, it was just the road. But I, I was hearing this sound and I was feeling this, uh, you know, kind of in the car. It just felt like it just wasn't riding smoothly all of a sudden. So I pulled over and I got out and sure enough, I had a flat tire and this wasn't any flat tire. This was like a torn tire. So there's going to be no patching this tire. It's going to be, it's going to need to be replaced. But today, this morning, I had a seven o'clock meeting about 10 miles from my house. And then I was going to be driving from there 20 something miles down South to where my publisher is to pick up books. And then I was going to need to drive back up to my house, another 20 miles or whatever it was. So a lot of driving and I am on the spare. (laughs) And if you've ever driven a car on a spare, 
You may know that a spare tire cannot take the same speeds that your good all-purpose regular tires do. And what that meant was I was driving 50 miles an hour, even if the speed limit was 60, even if it was 70. And a lot of that highway stretch that I was on this morning, going north and then going south and then back north again, was 70 mile hour zones. Now, 7.30 in the morning, people are trying to get to work. So I knew last night when I thought about the fact that, oh, yeah, I'm going to get to drive in rush hour traffic, which isn't as much rush hour as it used to be, but I'm going to get to drive in rush hour traffic on a spare tire going 50 miles an hour when everybody is trying to get to work and goes 70 miles an hour. It didn't sound like a lot of fun to me, and it wasn't. <laughs> it was fine. It was fine. It worked out. As I drove 50 miles an hour with everyone trying to get around me, I thought how much this is like grief. Because when we experience grief, we slow down. Things are different. We don't have the smooth ride we had before. Everybody is passing us by as we move slowly. It doesn't feel comfortable. Some people got behind me and they flashed their lights. I even had a guy honk his horn at me. I was honestly shocked. I thought I was going to have so many people honking at me. I think in the whole, let's see, what total amount of time did I drive this morning? Well over an hour, probably closer to an hour and a half, probably about an hour and a half that I drove today. I remember one person honking at me. He got behind me. He was really close on my bumper. And then he passed me. And as he passed me, he honked his horn. And I wanted to put up signs that said, I'm on a spare tire. Give me a break. But I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that very easily. And sometimes probably when we're in the middle of grief, we want a sign that says, look, this is what's happening for me right now. This is why I'm moving slowly. This is why this is my max speed. And that's totally okay. Completely okay. But when people were behind me and they were flashing their lights as if to say, hurry up, I thought about so many people who have said to me, my family or my friends say, I just need to get over it. Just move on. In other words, hurry up. But they don't get it, do they? They don't realize that currently, right now, you're driving on a spare tire. That eventually you're going to upgrade and it's going to be okay. But right now, driving slowly, moving slowly is a necessity. So in the meantime, I get to be uncomfortable driving really slowly on a spare tire until I get my tire replaced tomorrow. And you get to be a little uncomfortable with the fact that people are speeding past you or they're trying to rush you up. Now, I know these things aren't equivalent, but it's okay to be right where you are, to be right where you are and want something more. Now, I wanted to share with you the single most important practice that I have implemented in my life this year. I talk a lot about journaling 
Uh, you know, we've, we've talked about that a, f- a few different times and the importance of it. But this past year in t- 2020, I feel like I had probably the best journaling practice I've ever had, the most consistent, the most enjoyable, the most uh, transformational experience with journaling. And I call it reflective journaling. Reflective because it's not just about recounting you know, what you ate that week or what trip you went on or who you talked to or what happened. It's really sharing yourself with yourself. And that seems really odd, doesn't it? Because you're like, I'm with myself all the time. Why do I need to share myself with myself? But one of the most common, most common things I hear from my clients is that they're really not paying attention to themselves. They're really not giving themselves the attention that they need. I, I think it, it's, it's, it feels a little bit like it's, you know, when you live in a household with family members and you just kind of take them for granted and you just, you, you just take it for granted that they're going to be there. And so, you, you know, a lot of times you go several days without having a significant conversation. We do that with ourselves. Like we think I'm here all the time. My brain is always going. I'm always having conversations with myself. But if we're doing that in our head, we really are not experiencing the full potential of that conversation because in our head is messy. And you've heard me talk about the, the butterflies, the, um, the wild butterflies that live in our head. Those are all the thoughts that are just flying around. We unable to capture them. When we write, we are capturing our thoughts. We are getting more aware of ourselves. We're becoming more aware of the thinking that's underneath the feelings and the, and the feelings and the thinking that are underneath our actions. So when you find, for example, when, when I, when I have an experience where I think, wow, that did not go the way I expected it to, I do reflective journaling. I, I write about what happened and why did it happen? And I get more clear about what happened and not necessarily about what the other person did but how I responded, what I thought, how I felt. And I learned from myself. And it's been one of the most important practices in my weight loss journey. If you heard the episode, oh my goodness, I didn't look it up. Um, Protecting Your Health, that was the name of it. Protecting Your Health. And I'm not sure the number, but it's only been probably a couple months ago. And I talked a little bit in that podcast about my weight loss journey and how I real, I found out like I had new information. I found out that I had all these food sensitivities that was causing a lot of inflammation. And I, there were a lot of things going on physically that I wasn't paying attention to. Did you hear that? I wasn't paying attention. We don't pay attention to ourselves. That has become humongously clear to me this past year. 
is that as human beings, we don't pay attention to ourselves. We don't really understand why we feel the way we do, why we're thinking what we're thinking. We never unravel that. We really don't. And if you're, you're listening to me right now and you're going, Julie, of course I pay attention to myself. I'm like with myself all the time. I'm in the car with myself all the time. I'm sitting at the table eating my breakfast with myself all the time. I go to sleep at night with myself. I get it. But with yourself, you just have a bunch of wild butterflies and you really aren't paying attention to what's going on. You know, businesses have key performance indicators, KPIs. They have key performance indicators that they watch. And they watch those numbers because if those numbers, if they can improve those numbers, their business is more successful. But if those numbers drop, they're like, oh, I got to get on top of this. What's going on? And so they're paying attention. They're paying attention to these, to these, um, to these numbers in order to pay attention to their business. We do that with our car. We're driving along and an indicator light goes on and we're paying attention. We're looking, we're going, okay, what's going on here? What do I need to look at? Or we notice that the gas tank is getting low. Or we notice that the water levels are getting no or low or the gas or the, not the gas, but the oil is getting low. Super dangerous. If our oil gets low, you can blow an engine out. Not as dangerous if our gas get low, gets low. You know, we might get stranded somewhere, but it's not going to destroy our car. So there's different indicators in life. There's different indicators in our car. There's different indicators that we look at as a business to see how, how we're doing. And there's different indicators in yourself. And you may not even know what those are. You may have no idea what your key performance indicators are because you may not even be paying attention. Start paying attention. You know, at first you're not even going to know what you're looking for and that's okay. You know, I think a weight loss journey is always, always, always a good example. So in my case, I get on the scale every day. That is a key performance indicator for my weight loss journey. And it's not just a weight loss journey, as I explained in the, in the protecting your health episode. It's a health journey. It's like regaining or improving health. So there's certain things that I look for. I get on the scale and that kind of tells me what's going on with my weight. Because if I'm, if I'm being careful, if I'm watching that I'm not eating these inflammatory foods and that I'm, you know, only eating when I'm hungry and I, I have these certain things, then that scale, I should see some differences in that scale within fluctuations. Another indicator for me physically is when I have accidentally or even on purpose eaten something that's on my don't eat list because I know that it's going to create problems for me, my face gets rashy. I start to develop a, a rash. Not only in my face, I've noticed that I'll, I'll get some uh, it's really very slight, but because I'm paying attention, I see it. I get a little rash on the top of my hand. 
I don't get a stomach ache. You know, a lot of people get a stomach ache, but see, I'm, I've learned that about myself because I'm paying attention. I'm aware. I'm using my journaling to reflect. I'm using my journaling to, to really dial in what feelings are fueling my days. Where am I living in my feelings? Is there something I can do about it? Is there a new thought that I could practice that would help me to fuel my days better with more uplifting feelings? Or is it that I'm living with some negative or, or uncomfortable feelings because I need to pay attention to them? By paying attention to them, I can start working through them. But if I'm not paying attention, I just have this feeling that something's not quite quite right and I I don't feel good, but I don't I can't really identify. I can't really identify what's going on because I'm unaware. Reflective journaling can be key. Can be so enlightening and so refreshing and such a beautiful practice that will help you know yourself, that will help you to notice those warning lights that go on that maybe you're not paying attention to because you just don't even know what the warning lights are, what you're even looking for. Reflective journaling will allow you to know yourself, to get deeper into what's going on. When, when we, when, especially if you have, you know, if you're dealing with grief and you've got some hard things going on, if you can write and just free write and just keep the pen going, keep the pen going for five, 10 minutes, you'll be amazed at the insights that you receive. And it is a practice. So when I first started doing this, and one of the reasons that it's become so effective for me is because I've been doing it now for a while. You know, I've been, I I wasn't consistent previously, but probably now like three years uh, in one way or another, I've done some type of journaling. And over this past year, I've really dialed it in. And as I practice this practice, I, I know what I'm looking for. I know what I need to write in the morning. I know what's top of my list to explore, to find answers. In fact, I want to do an episode about this idea, like how our mind works, how our mind works with our, our higher self. And we talk about that a lot of times. And I would love to explore that with you and talk a little more about our higher self versus our mind versus our body. It's like mind, body, spirit, how those things are separated and how they work together and how we create results through those three pieces of us that when they're in tune, when they're when they're working together, we can create amazing results. Our mind can tend to be, if it's untrained and we're not paying attention, 
can be, can tend to be reactive and negative, but our mind is actually a beautiful, beautiful tool. It's a, a tool to create awareness. But if we slip into unaware, which we do, because we don't even realize, we don't even know that there's a difference. Then when we become unaware, we create a mind that's not helping us. When we become aware, we can create a mind that will help us. I don't remember who said it, but you know, I, I think, I think I've actually heard several, several experts, um, over the years say something along the lines of what we track improves. And, and reflective journaling is actually a, a tracking, but not in the sense that, that, that you think of in tracking, like, you know, checking the boxes, but in a sense of, really becoming aware of ourselves, aware of our surroundings, aware of our mind, aware of our higher self. You know, this week uh, I mentioned we had a little emergency at the beginning of the week and there were so, 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 so many things to be grateful for in that experience. So many miracles, so many little pieces. And because I was, because my awareness was elevated I could see all the little pieces and how they like things that I learned five years ago that impacted decisions I made this week. I wrote two pages line, each line representing another thing, two pages of those pieces that came together, those miracles, those things that I'm so, so grateful for to help us in this experience that we've had this week. So it's journaling with a purpose. It's not a travel log. It's a, it's an expression. It's an opportunity to, to get your, to get to know yourself that much better. If you have questions, email me at julie at buildalifeafterloss.com. I'm happy to answer your questions. In fact, if you'd love for me to do a webinar that's just a Q&A and we can just answer questions uh, that have come up as you've listened to the podcast, I would love to do that. Like I'm here. I'm here to help. This is this is my whole job. This is what I do. Right now, I have 3 openings for I only have 3 oh, current openings for one-on-one coaching. If one of those spots is yours, then go to the link in the show notes and click on it and let's talk and let's see, um, see, you know, let's talk about it. Let's, let's get you, let's, let's get you going there. If this is, if one of those spots is yours and that link is buildalifeafterloss.com backslash talk, T-A-L-K. Go there, make your appointment. We'll talk about it. If this isn't your month to start, let's talk about it. We can figure out when is your month to start. But like I said, I only have three openings right this very moment. Um, we may have some more coming up pretty soon. So be sure and get on that, get on that and book your first appointment so we can, cause it's free to you. It's totally free, completely free. And I am the same person over the phone that I am on the podcast. So you're not talking to a stranger. 
but let's talk and let's, you know, schedule when would be a good time for you to get started on your healing journey, because we can do it fast or we can do it slow. And today when I drove in the slow lane, I thought, I don't want to be in the slow lane. I want to be up to speed. And I bet you want that too. And I, when the other thing I was thinking about is, as I was traveling so slowly, is like sometimes we travel so slowly, we can't see progress and we actually lose our way. And I don't want you to lose your way. I have tools. I understand what moves us forward and what stops us in our tracks. And I can help you to continue to move forward to healing. I can help you to move forward in a way that, that you've never even considered before. And it's not hard. It's like super easy. I mean, no, I know that sounds crazy. It's grief. But the, the process is easy. Okay. The, the steps that we take are easy. It's not that letting go of grief is easy, but the steps that we take to help you to move forward are so, so doable. I break that down into little pieces for you that really get you going in the right direction so that you will land where you, where you're going to land. You know, another thing I thought about as I was driving so slowly, as I was thinking, all these people are going fast and they're, they're, they're going to get to their destination, but even going slow, I'm going to get to my destination. So don't think the reason I say that is don't think that because you're, you're experiencing grief right now, that the destination, the destination of joy in your life, the destination of purpose in your life is unattainable to you. It's still available to you. You just had to downshift and now you need a new path. And I'm here to help you down that new path. All right, you guys, you have a wonderful week. Remember, I believe in you. Love you. Bye. Bye.